Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast, where we talk about training and life. Enjoy the show. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is the Hill Pursuit Podcast, episode nine. I'm Hayden. This is Mitch. Mitch, how's it going? Going good. Little Valentine's Day special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I wake up this morning to uh, a, a lovely text from from Mr. Moyer. And man, it just made my day. It started Valentine's Day off just right. Um, happy Valentine's Day from Hill Pursuit. So yeah, that was a good one. I like that. But yeah, it's Valentine's Day. So, um, you know, here we are, both of both of our better halves are allowing us to podcast right now. So that's pretty sweet. So um, anyways, episode nine, here we are. And, um, you know, we still, uh, we love getting, we love getting stuff from you guys if you're listening. So continue to do that, you know, subscribe, follow us, email us, all of the, all of the things, do all of it. But uh, you can, you can check out our website at www.hillpursuit.com podcast blog are right there podcast also streams on spotify google and podbean a couple social media outlets um facebook instagram at hill pursuit and then shoot us an email whenever um hill pursuit at gmail.com and we would just love to continue the conversation with you guys you know if you have some feedback for us likes dislikes any and everything in between absolutely reach out to us i don't know what else you got mitch no, I just, I actually just sent you a blog that I worked on. Uh, I was kind of, I was generated it. It came from the battle rope uh, yeah, workout. Yeah. So yeah, I sent yeah, you that. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool one. And I hope to kind of keep kind of working, facing uh, off this blog. So if people could read that, man, if there's a comment on it, it's geared more towards like the hunter, but it can go toward, it's towards a lot of things. So yeah. uh, I'll call, yeah. probably be kind of basing a lot off that as we approach September. So um, look at that maybe within the week. So that's pretty much all I have. And then kind of roll into what we have for yeah. today. Yeah. It's, I feel like we have, um, you know, we, we, we're both like numbers guys. So I can say that I, I checked the blog, like I checked the, the foot traffic on the blog and the website, like all the time, mm-hmm. not every single day, but I'll, I'll check it out from time to time. And, you know, we get weekly updates about how much traffic we're getting. So like, people like you guys are definitely checking out the website and the blog and stuff, which is awesome. So keep doing that. Tell your friends all of the above, but you know, shoot us some comments too. We get some from time to time, but we would love to, you know, have a, have a discussion with you guys through that platform. So yeah, our blog is a daily blog. Um, For the most part, it just consists of what um, either Mitch or I am am doing for training, but from Mm -hmm. time to time, we'll just, you know, we'll deviate a little bit if something's on our mind in terms of what we're seeing in the industry or how we feel about, you know, somebody else's training or something a popular fad or any and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, it seems like the blog is, is getting some good traffic. So um, you can comment directly on the website uh, within the blog. So yeah, do that. Please do that. That's awesome. But yeah, I think I can speak for no, I was going to say, I think I can speak for both of us on this one. I, I don't think it's a popularity thing that we check it. I mean, I could, it's just, I think I check it just to see what comments we're getting and yeah, what, po- yeah. what population we're kind of hitting home to. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's, I think, more why I'm interested to see what people are saying or yeah, what they're liking. So. I, check, I check the, um, 
the Spotify and Podbean um, comments all the time just to see, yes. you know, yes, like I have the notifications on and whenever I see a Podbean notification, um, you know, I'm like, oh, sweet, another comment, you know, so, I mean, we love seeing that and, um, you know, not to take take away the entire intro of the podcast with this, but we absolutely encourage mm-hmm. all of those comments and questions and discussions. So sure. anyway, yeah, it's Valentine's Day. Did you work out already? What'd you do? Yeah, I got a, just actually, I got just getting done within the last half hour. So I'm just got off the deload week here. And I touched upon last time where I'm going to be expanding my train, my 12 week cycle or my 12 week plan into a 16 week plan. So essentially I uh, hit all my squat numbers. I took my last set. So I talked about before, I'm a big fan of the five, three, one. So I base a lot of my stuff off that. So, and then I'll kind of make adjustments. I'm not following a specific five, three, one program right now. I'm following like the actual percents and stuff. So my last set was like a PR set. So essentially taking that last set to as many reps as I can. I like to keep two in the tank, not complete failure. And then um, I jumped up to my training max and just hit that for a single. And then I did, uh, I train three days a week. I lift just that fits best for my schedule. So then I, um, I did some overhead press work, just lighter weight. And I think it was five sets at three at 80% with about a minute rest. Then I just finished off with some pull-ups and uh, hanging leg raises and um, just some cool down work, but it felt good. I, I was happy like the deload week. I, I was pretty, I was very disciplined with the deload week. I didn't do anything crazy. Uh, I think I lifted twice in a week and then I did some work. I was cutting wood last week for a, for a whole day, moved my brother yesterday. So, so it's general life things. So did you, did you have to work out on the days that you were cutting wood and moving your brother? Did my you work, I did didn't, you work out? I didn't. I mean, it wasn't because I chose not to. Um, my schedule just didn't align for that. I mean, if my, if that's what I had to do that day, but I did, but I don't, I've come to the point, I don't stress on my deload week. You know, if I, you know, if, if, if my day was moving, maybe I'll hit some mobility work. I, I did do that when I got home. I hit like the, I got a massage gun and nice, <laughs> I, got, nice, I, worked, nice. I worked my low back and my glutes and my hips a little bit with that. So. And yeah, I, I think I, that's awesome. I mean, especially when you're, when you're in a deload or like a lesser intensity or lesser volume block or week, heck yeah, go, go do something physically active. You don't have to go throw weight around. Absolutely. I mean, that, we've already talked about that. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. yeah, just so go ahead. Yeah, I did. I was going to say a little side note though, um, throwing some weight around. I know that's like your home, home gym, right? Like you're, your own stuff. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been in and out of my new, this new house I'm buying a few times and I was just in it. Um, geez, yesterday, yesterday, early morning. And, um, man, I'm just obsessed with my basement. I'm just obsessed with it. I like, you me, it looks awesome. Yeah. I just have so much space and it's unfinished, which I also love. Um, so, so many, so much room for activities, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, we'll be putting some cool stuff down there and building a little fitness area, probably nothing like wild. I don't need everything. I mean, 
you know me, give me some, a couple functional things and I'll play mm -hmm. around for a few hours. But um, yeah, we're really, really excited about having all that extra storage. And it's just something we don't have right now in this house. And of course my brain is going crazy with, okay, can I fit <laughs> X, Y, and Z in here? Where am I going to get it? How, how much money do I have to spend to outfit everything I want and all this stuff. But um, less is more for right now. So it's going to be a long, it'll be a long, um, a long build, but yeah, we're just super pumped with su such an awesome basement. But anyway, yeah, I did. I worked out this morning. So super early, I was planning to run. I had a 75 minute easy run planned. So somewhere between seven and a half and eight miles. Cause I'm not, I'm not like killing myself on an easy run. It was somewhere around like a nine 45 pace, whatever. Um, first thing in the morning, I was planning to do it in the dark before the girls woke up and I just couldn't, it was way too icy, like way too mm. icy. My dog slipped down my steps and was sliding around on our, we have like a little sidewalk that fenced in, in the front, our sidewalk is fenced in and she kept slipping all over it. And I went down just to kind of play around with it to see if I could run out on the road and it was just too much. So yeah. I waited and I slept a little bit and um, I ended up getting the run in around somewhere like 11, 11, 20, 11, 30, somewhere in there. And um, I got the whole 75 minutes. I just did figure eights in my neighborhood, which I'm not a huge fan of, but a figure eight is about a half mile. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world in terms of boredom, but one thing I need, I have to just, I have to give my dog props because she's just a stud. She ran the whole, we ran like seven and three quarter miles. She ran all of it. Good for her. Uh, yeah, I was what pretty kind of dog, What kind of dog? What kind of dog do you have? She's about a three and a half year old chocolate lab. Okay. So high strung. Yeah. And, um, from time to time, I'll take her on like 30, 45, maybe up to an hour, rarely up to an hour, like runs. And um, sometimes I can tell like if she needs to stop. So if I'm just looping in my neighborhood, I just stop and I'll throw her in my front yard for a little bit and I'll finish my run and then whatever, I'll get back to the house for she just had so much energy today. It was crazy. So it was that was just a lot of fun, it, you know, because doing nice. doing 75 minutes, you know, almost eight miles in your in your own neighborhood can get pretty darn tedious, but it was pretty sweet to like, that's, that's why I love my dog. She just does everything with me and she loves doing it. And, um, but anyway, yeah, let's enough about that. We both got some good workouts in and, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, what you want to talk about today. Why don't you start us off? Yeah. I, uh, just kind of going through some things in my head and thought in season training would be, a good thing to talk about just real general stuff here and more of it is based on stuff I wish I would have done yeah and not so like I, I can't say I, I'm not a coach right now I'm not sure people know that or not I don't like I'm not in a school or anything right now I have a different um profession but I still was training is still something obviously we stay fresh on and I'll help other people out but um I always try to look back on things that I could adjust it or things that if other people ask me, what might be some good uh, points. So some just general points would be that we wanted to go off is like, Hey, what do you do for, I was a two sport athlete. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people that are three sport, and then usually once you get to college, you kind of dial it in on on one, and then um, and then different athletes have different amount of competition. There's sports like football where you're competing one time a week for various reasons, and then um, so we'll just kind of base it in on that. So what's I guess when when you think of in season training, what what do you think you're taking home there for your athletes? <laughs> Yeah, that's this is a really cool topic, especially for, um, especially for you know young kids, because even up through high school, like you said, in high school, most kids now there are some kids who specialize immediately, and they play one sport year round, which is fine. Um, <laughs> that's actually a great topic we should discuss in the future. That you know the importance of either specializing or not specializing early and how that can affect, you know, a kid. I'm pretty, I have a pretty strong opinion on that one, but I'll yeah, I th I'm pretty sure we align with that. We've discussed that before, but um, in terms of how that affects a kid's health, like their development and just in terms of health and also in terms of their athleticism, I think that's a really cool topic that we should, we should chat about. But for today, yeah, let's look at a few different scenarios. So, let's say this kid does have fall, winter and spring sports. And then they, they do like summer ball or something. So we have potentially four different sports over the course of a calendar year in, you know, young kids or even up through high school. And I'll say for me, because I know you wrestled a little bit in college, but I, brief. yeah, but still, I mean, I, I never had, like I never focused in on one sport. I considered it a little bit, but I just had too much fun doing everything um, mm -hmm. personally. So I was the person who, who played a different sport every, every um, season. And then also in the summer and, you know, only at the high school level, but um, what I wish I would have done is train at all. So I didn't come from a crazy competitive high school. So we didn't really have, like there was no structure in terms of season training or anything until I reached, um, I think my junior senior year, I ran track and I, and I wrestled and those two sports were on another level at from like from where I'm from, they were on another level compared to everything else. And that's like when I first got introduced to what training is really like. Now, the unfortunate part was that training was only during the season. So this is, a, you know, this is a great topic because, um, you know, in season strength training or just in season training in general, you know, does, does it take up so much time that, that an athlete has less time for, you know, team practices and strategy and reviewing tape and all this stuff. But, you know, in season training is also super, super important because, um, you know, I think you and I would both agree that during the season, you're not necessarily building, you're maintaining whatever you built to get to that point. Now in a perfect world, maybe you can build during the season yes. in a perfect world, but mm -hmm. That perfect scenario, you know, like you said earlier, depends on how often you're competing too. If you compete three times a week, how the heck are you going to build fitness? You just need to try to maintain as best as you can. So, you know, 
what, what do you think about that? Like, what does, what, what do those percentages and intensities look like in those different scenarios? Okay. So I, I kind of did a little bit of reading on this like lately and uh, just kind of think, Hey, how, how would I did it? And so this is me speaking back from back in the day. Right. So a lot of my in season, my in season football work was pretty decent. We would usually Saturday after a game, it was get in, we'd, we'd do a little, little calisthenic work. We would lift um, nothing crazy. And um, just, it was real basic stuff. And then usually we'd try to get two weight room days in on a, I think a Monday and a Wednesday it was right before practice. So it wasn't, it was decent. So then yeah. go into wrestling, wrestling and where I'm from wrestling is huge. Um, I'm from a pretty big wrestling area. So we, we did lift in the in season and sometimes I would go home and lift after practice, which was stupid. Um, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I would have focused more on the technique yeah. the season. And, um, but if I had to go back, I think if I, one is two, one thing is I think high school, if they could get on the track where they bring strength coaches in, which obviously it all comes down to money. I think that would be big, but if there's a coach that does know a little bit, I think if you're an in-season athlete, I think you have to, it's important to keep your intensity high. I think you can touch a high weight in season and keep your volume relatively low. Yeah. But I don't think you should steer away from what you did in the off season, because if you start steering away, then if you're doing different exercises that you've done prior, you're going to start getting soreness mm -hmm. um, a lot easier. So it's how much can you train? At, you got to find the intensity you can train at the highest intensity you can train at with what exercise that's going to keep your overall soreness low. So when that competition comes around, the athletes fresh. Yeah. I mean, I, so, I think that, I think, it's honestly, I know we say this all the time, but you and I agree on a lot. Eventually we'll have to find something that maybe we don't agree on and we can. Well, I, I'm going to disagree. I think you can get stronger in season. Okay. There I really, go. I really do. I think okay. you can get stronger in season. And um, again, it's a basing, it's got to be smart programming and you got to be willing to change things up. Um, but looking okay, back. So, okay. Let me, let me touch on something I agree with, and then we'll come back to that. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's exactly correct. And I think most people would agree that as you approach a sports season, so you're not in your sports season yet, you know, build, build, build huge off season, high intensity, high volume. Um, as you approach the season, more of a preseason, smaller block, like you said, your sport specific exercises have to get, you have to really dial those in. So what specifically do you need most in terms of your training that's going to translate or transfer over to your sport performance? So that's, that's where your preseason increased sport movement and relevance of exercises has to, has to change a little bit. Now, like you said, and I, I agree with this, you need to find movements that are familiar enough with the athlete based on their level also, their training status or their training level, um, that they can still perform them at high intensities in season and not get fatigued. And I think dropping the volume but maintaining the intensity is an awesome way to do that, like you said. So if I think about this in terms of um, – in terms of maybe um, 
what am I trying to say? A cross country athlete. All right. Just because this is, I like the term race pace and race pace. I use the term race pace for this type of at like a cross country athlete, but race pace is similar to, um, performance intensity is what is what it essentially is. But the term race pace is the speed and performance that is necessary to compete at a high level during competition. So take that out of the cross country analogy and throw it into a football player. No, it's not called race pace, but it's sports specific intensity, right? So like you said, if that football player is going to squat, let them squat at 90 to 95%, but drop the volume big time so they can still feel the intensity that's required of them to perform. And that will translate to their, um, their play. Absolutely. Could not agree more with that. Do you have anything about that before we move on? (laughs) Yeah. But, and when we say like sports specific, um, I think I want to think I want to touch when we say sports specific, I think squat is a sports specific exercise. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think some people will think, oh, I'm going to play football. Like I'm going to get in a football position and do an exercise from there. You know, gotcha. people get, when people think sports specific, sometimes they'll think, oh, hey, I'm going to simulate this movement with, um, with some sort of exercise in the weight room, which, yeah, you might do that sometimes, but the, the core lifts are a lot of very sports specific. Yeah. yeah. And I, that's one thing I just wanted to touch on that. Yeah. You, you said it, you nailed it there, but no, I'm good with that. Yeah, that's a good, that's another just awesome topic is sports specificity because, um, you know, you can, you can find movements that, um, that use the, the, the functional anatomy and triple extension and of, of hip, knee, ankle and things like that, that are, that are used and required for sport but it might not mimic the exact motion necessarily, but as long as you're still training the appropriate energy system and musculature, it's absolutely sport specific. So yeah, that's, that's a cool topic. We'll come back to that. That's a really cool topic actually. Um, so getting stronger in season, I don't disagree, but I think it's difficult. So what scenario, what scenario do you see it working because I see it working less frequently than you do, which is cool because we agree on too much probably. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so let's, let's go ahead and talk about it. Cause um, I want to hear, or let's just talk shop about this. How's it going to, how are you going to improve your strength in season? What's it look like? And um, then I'll give you some of my scenarios. Go ahead. Yeah. So we go back to like a three sport athlete and I actually read a really, I read a cool article on this. It was actually a Jim Weller article. And I, I, I this is where I got a lot of the stuff from. It was pretty cool. And, and so I just wanted to, I didn't get all this from myself, but if some of it is like where I think and whatever, um, obviously like the volume stuff, that's kind of a, an, uh, something I automatically would have changed up. But so something what I think it's, I see it working best is a young athlete, right? They're going to obviously say, take a freshman in high school. They are going to, you can, you can throw almost anything at them and they'll get stronger if it's a decent program and they follow it. Yeah. yeah. They are going to get stronger. Go back when you were a freshman, you know? Um, So that's a a huge learning curve, lots of neuromuscular stuff going on there too, but yeah, absolutely. You're 
So hear me out here. Here's my take on it. So yeah. if you, if there are three sport athletes, say you have them, say they're football in the fall, basketball in, um, in the winter and track in the spring, you have them for summer where they're not really doing much. You have them there in the weight room, get them to learn the movements then that you will want to do for the next three seasons. So build their squat, build their press, build their deadlift, and maybe you'll do some sort of, maybe it, this will be a variation for them, something that they can learn the learning curve that you can carry into each of those sports seasons. And they can constantly see an improvement during those times. You keep your intensity high, drop the volume, but they're still training those specific movements as they progress throughout those seasons. That's kind of my take on that. I think you'll see it in a younger athlete. Obviously, when you get to college or you as your training years progress, the strength, as we know, is way harder to increase. You know, mm -hmm. um, so I see it working more for like the younger athlete. Um, and then obviously it takes takes a lot a watchful eye too. like where where do they need work? So what what's your thoughts? Yeah, so we don't actually disagree, unfortunately. So if you're listening and you were hoping that we would start an argument, it's not going to happen because that is a that is a very sound description of how you can still improve during the season. Absolutely. Um, with that three sport athlete, if you have them in an off season, if there is one. Um, so in your example, they have their summer off, right? Um, mm. At least from my personal experience and then some anecdotal with um, even at the division two level with what I see with some of some of the athletes that I don't necessarily overspeak, but that I interact with um, <laughs> the adherence to an off season program is super, super low. But anyways, back to your example, I think that is an optimal way to introduce relevant movements that will be sport specific, that they mm -hmm. will continue to train almost yearly you know, almost, you know, throughout the entire calendar year with all three seasons. Now, like you said, the watchful eye, um, you have to manipulate those intensities throughout the calendar year. And there's, there have, there has to be ebbs and flows to, you know, um, their, their strength throughout the calendar year. Like you have to plan for them to just not go up on a linear, path yeah, over 12 exactly. months because we all know that that never happens but i think you know i think start to finish within each season yeah you could see some improvements um you would need to have that specific off season for that athlete to introduce those movements that they'll continue to train over the course of each of those seasons at different and varying intensities and volumes so yeah in that scenario Absolutely. I, I see that happening and I don't, I don't necessarily see it working perfectly, but I, I can see it working for sure. Um, I think it's a little more challenging when you move up in, um, well, when you move ahead in life in terms of not being a teenager anymore and, you know, now you're in college and you're focusing on your, your single sport, but, um, or even at the professional level, I guess, but it's going to be a lot more challenging um, then um, at the college level to get athletes to kind of buy into an off-season program is tough 
depending where you where you are. You know, at the at the Division One level, if you're not putting in work in the off season, see ya. You know, yeah, you, you just lost your spot, and that's easy. That's easy. But at the Division Two level, um, and three, I guess, but two with the experience that we both have a little bit of at the division two level, you know, it's, um, it's tough to get the adherence and to that, to those programs. So it's almost like a reset when you get back to campus, not all the mm-hmm. time, sometimes, but you don't have that watchful eye over yeah. the entire summer, which man, you really need, you know? So, um, I guess that's the scenario that I would say is really difficult to build throughout the, throughout the end season. Um, I also think, and I think you basically said this earlier, it's super hard to build in season when you have a very high level athlete or team because yeah, I mean, there's such a tiny room for improvement already that if you Mm -hmm. can suck that out of them in the off season, that's where you're going to get it, you know? Um, and then the other, the other scenario, I know we're already up against the clock. This doesn't have to be a long conversation, but the other scenario I want to ask you about is, um, a specific scenario where, um, and I'm just going to go back to the endurance athlete because that's the world that I'm kind of personally in for the last year or so. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have my race until September. So Right now, I'm not, I, I guess I wouldn't say I'm in season, but let's say I'm in season in June, July, August. Um, you think I'm going to improve my lifts and my strength in June, July, August? Or do you think it's possible or what should I focus on? I, it's just, it's an honest question, I don't, you know, because I haven't even been here before. So um, I'll, I'll start. My gut would tell me that up until that point, those three months leading up, I'll build as much as I possibly can in terms of getting stronger. And for me, um, my own self critique of last season, when I did a couple of shorter triathlons was I need to improve my posterior chain strength and endurance, um, to withstand three to six to, for the Ironman 12 to 14 hours, you know? So, um, that's where I'm focusing for the most part when I do lift, it, you know, I, I don't only lift my posterior chain. Of course, I'm conscious of muscle balance as well, but um, I'm trying to build as much as I can now because when it comes to the, the main sport season for that athlete who really, like I compete once for the whole year, basically. Um, when it comes to the sport season of the, of the end season, I guess it's going to be, most of my time and energy is going to be on swim, bike, run, period, you know, with maybe some added mobility just to stay as loose as I can, some, some additional like recovery sessions. But, um, you know, right now I'm around eight to 10 hours a week. I throw in some strength. It takes me to 11, 12, maybe. Um, but when I'm in season and I'm like prime, um, I'm going to, you know, I'll be up there in hours. So those hours I feel like need to be dedicated to that sport specifically. Now the strength training helps, helps in the sport, obviously, 
but it's not going to be the frequency. It's definitely not going to be the frequency I'm at now, but it could be the intensity, I guess. So I don't know. What do you think about all that? Well, I, I don't know your overall program. I don't you know. know. I'll hear just here. Yeah. So I don't know like what list like you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you say in season, how many, how many, I know you have your Ironman, but are you have, is this, are you, are you only doing one race or just like three races within like two months or, or? so I'll answer a little bit of all of that. So when I lift it, um, I do one or two core movements. I'll squat, I'll press, I'll deadlift one of those. And then from time to time, I'll throw in some hang cleans. Um, I don't really clean from the floor anymore. I don't really feel like I need to snatch anymore. I used to do a little bit of that, you know, all of that, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the relevance, I'm just not there anymore. So, um, and that's a, that's a cool discussion we could have too. But um, so that's what I do with my main lifts. And those are all high intensity. Everything else is accessory within the strength and hypertrophy um, paradigm, I guess, in terms of intensity and volume. But, um, in terms of races, I have one race that is really the only focus of the year is the Ironman. I'm doing one other small, not, it's not a small race, I guess it's a half Ironman, but that's not, I'm not throwing all my eggs into that basket. That's more of just like a fun feel what it's like to do a six hour event kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't need to like destroy the time or anything. That's just going to be a fun thing. Um, because at this point I've, that that's by far the longest race I'll ever do is the half. And so really when I look at my season, there's a, B and C races, potentially even D, but a, B and C for me, a is my Ironman September B is I have a half Ironman in June. And then I have a C race was I'm just doing an Olympic Um, and honestly, I'm only doing the Olympic triathlon because it got canceled last year and I got free entry and that's the only one I could find to do for free. When is that? That is end of July. So you know, June, July, mid June, late July. So six weeks in between. And then I have, um, mid late September. I have about seven weeks after the July for the, the full yeah, I think obviously you, the weight room is for an athlete to me, the weight room is always going to be a supplement to the sport. Yeah. It's, uh, it's preparing you at the end of the day, the weight room should not take out your technique of the sport, whether it's practice. Um, Time. Correct. Yeah. So do I think you could, obviously you, you hit the nail on the head, your frequency and the training in the weight room is going to decrease but you said your intensity might stay high. Do I think you could improve? Absolutely. Is it going to be the same that you may have 10 months earlier before you started your prep for this? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to say, I don't think you want to get weaker. You know, it's, it's hard to say, it's hard to say maintain because are you ever really maintaining I always thought that, am I getting weaker or or am I getting stronger? It's hard to say, am I always just going to be able to step in the weight or just hit this number for four months? You know, like that's kind of what I'm thinking like of a program sometimes is my, am I building this, am I basing this program just to say my squat is 405 for three and I have that for a four month period where I'm in season. My programming just to be able to hit 405 for three for the next four months or maybe yeah, I hit 405 for five by the end of the season, 
you know, it's, it's nothing crazy, but it's, it's a slight improvement. Yeah. And when I, just as you were talking about that a little bit, um, the ability to improve in season just made me remember something I talked about with my coach recently. Um, it's not necessarily in season for an endurance athlete who's competing June, July, August, you know what I mean? But um, you have a lot going on there. Like, yeah, I, I never dealt with a triathlete. Right. So right. I'm, I'm excited to see you. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe you will. And we're going to have to, I'm not going to sit here and say uh, personal opinion. I think, yes, you could um, do it, but obviously that's not going to be your main focus. You're not going to want to see, hey, can I improve my overhead press? Obviously you're going to be as best as you can to swim, bike, run. So yeah. for me, that's going to be cool to, it'll be cool to watch. Yeah. Know? Yeah. All I was going to say is, you know, my coach texted me randomly and said, Hey, you know, cause we text, we don't only text about me. Like I asked him how he's doing and stuff too. And he sure. improved his, he, he swam his fastest 100 in a pool ever um, just recently. And with the fact that pools have been closed for so long, people have not been swimming. You know, people have only been swimming with normalcy, like a normal schedule for maybe a month, uh -huh. you know? And so, so no, he's not necessarily like in season, but he's at a time of swim, swim strength or swim speed yeah. where he should not be making improvements. Right. And he did though. So this is exactly, I mean, it falls in line with what we're saying. Like typically you would assume in season, you're not going to get super, you know, super, super strong in season, but you can, like you said, you can. Now he's, this is just an example of the time frame of the year. He, nobody should be swimming their fastest 100 ever in their life right now, but he did, you know, pretty now, cool. yeah, it's really cool. That's so awesome. Props to him. Um, but you know, it's, it's not something that you expect to happen at this time of the year, first of all, and also this time in general, when pools have been closed, you know, so, but he still did it. So I think you're right. Like we, we assume, well, physiologically, this shouldn't happen because blah, 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 but it can still happen. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, if all the stars align and you're, you're fully recovered and, you know, your coach gives you the green light to just go ahead and crush something. If you're feeling up for it, maybe you do you know, maybe you do. So yeah, I think you're right. It is going to be really cool to see how this works for, for me and other athletes and who, who are, you know, more of the single, single competition focus, but um, yeah, it's, it's a really neat, it's a really neat concept. Um, it's going to be cool to see this play out, especially this year with all kinds of athletes with um, having a difficulty with off seasons and yeah pre-seasons and in-seasons and seasons canceled and seasons delayed and all this stuff you know all kinds of craziness within the sports world and competition world so um yeah it will be really cool to see how all this plays out for sure the only other thing we're over time but the only other thing i want to tell you is um i think i'm going to get a smart trainer for my bike i don't, nice. know, I don't know if we fully talked about that but um see it on the blog. yeah I blogged mm -hmm. about it the other day, but, um, after my bike fit, I really was just like, look, I need to be riding this, my specific bike more, you know, because right now, well, before my bike fit, it was hard for me to, um, 
it was hard for me to stay in arrow for a long time because I never had a proper bike fit. He is said, that just the know, position? Is that just yeah. the position that you're riding in? Yeah, it's an aerodynamic position where you rest your forearms on pads, you lean over okay. a little bit. I got you. Um, and if you're not comfortable in that position, you can't really stay there, but then that's going to add significant time every single mile extrapolate it out to 112 miles of course you're going to lose a lot of time if you can't if you can't stay in aero position anyways um i got a lot more comfortable in aero position as i was spinning with him at when nice. he was moving me around so literally in my head i'm like man i need to train on this bike more so looking around for a smart trainer that's that's where i'm at it might happen in the next couple of days we'll see i'll keep you posted but um yeah i just wanted to let you know you got anything else no, I'm going to, now that we're kind of keeping tabs on, if we're getting stronger in season, it's kind of last thing. Let's go, we'll, uh, as we get out, my kind of in season for hunting is kind of like once the fall rolls around, so about January. So maybe I'll have to keep a little journal here to see, um, yeah. see, see what happens there. It'd be a pretty cool thing to kind of document for the both of us. Yeah, record everything. I'm trying to also, so. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's all I got. Yeah, cool. Well, all right. Thanks for listening. Um, just don't forget, guys, if you want to reach out to us, you can through through any and everything. All right. We got a Facebook and Instagram at Hill Pursuit. Send us an email at hillpursuit at gmail.com. Um, the website, hillpursuit.com, where you can follow along with the daily blog and our podcast. You can also find on the website, but it also streams on Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts. Pretty sure I just covered it all. Thanks for sticking with us. You got anything else, Mitch? No, we're out. Cool. We'll see you next time.